Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome everyone to episode 61. We are at PCA National Headquarters around the table with Damon Lowney and Manny Albin, and of course, always at the controls, Robert Forsyth. I can't believe it's May already. Yep, uh, I've already missed a couple autocrosses. I did sign up for an autocross. <laughs> Which my one? first one. Uh, it's actually with uh, BMW CCA on a Sunday. I think it's uh, May oh, nice. 20, 21st or something like that. Nice. Yeah, I uh, autocrossed this weekend with the Chesapeake region. Oh, yep. I wish I could do that. Yep. But I will actually be flying out to Utah and uh, getting ready to do, I believe this will be my longest drive. I'll be driving from Utah to Maryland in my daughter's MDX that nice. uh, was never meant to be a, a cross-country <laughs> traveler for us. We we bought that car with the intentions of just keeping it in Salt Lake City as a school car for her. But because of her 90 or no, 82-pound dog, <laughs> that's why we're doing this. So, How many days are you going to take to drive back? So we're hoping to do it in three days. So leave mm -hmm. Monday and be back in the office on Thursday. Nice. So wish me luck. It'll I, be possible. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we, we've really gone through the car. It, mm -hmm. You know, I, I probably have done more to it than I originally intended to. But, you know, not only does it have to get to Maryland, but in August, it's got to get back to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And from then on, hopefully, it stays in Salt Lake City because Jason will be starting there um, in the fall. And uh, we'll just leave He's going car. going there as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So both kids <laughs> going to Utah. Nice. All right, so let's catch up on things we did last week. Manny. What did we do last week? Um, you got a very blur. You, you had a very interesting evening. Oh, before. <laughs> that's right. It, was, uh, it rained. Uh, it was Carlisle. The um, Porsche only swat me, for those who aren't aware. It used to be called, everyone still calls it Hershey because it was in Hershey, uh, the Hershey uh, parking lot for Hershey Park for the longest time. Uh, this is a... Um, a, uh, they call it the world's large, largest Porsche-only swap meet, which I can't say whether that's true or not. I guess that's uh, they've done their research. I don't know how many other Porsche-only swap meets there are, um, but it's a uh, it's only about two hours from my house, and it's uh, I've lost count of how many times I've gone to the event. I haven't gone to every one, but back when they were doing that ski round top. So anyway, this time we were planning to go and uh, sell a lot of my stuff, but the forecast looked really terrible. Bad. And so I really limited, and I got stuff that I was hoping wouldn't get wet, but I wasn't going to die if it did get wet. And uh, even Bob Gutyar, who uh, is the one who uh, gets the spaces for me, is my uh, swap meet uh, neighbor. He um, he was uh, it was noticeably absent how much stuff he didn't bring up, um, even though he brought two cars up. So, uh, yeah, we drive up there Friday night, <clears throat> like we have been doing for the past couple of years. We, uh, we meet for dinner and the place he picked, uh, I, it's funny. We didn't communicate ahead of time what hotel we were going to be staying at, but it turned out we're both at the same hotel. He usually stays at Marriott Hotel because he has all the Marriott points. So I didn't even think he'd be at the place where I was, which was the Hilton property. Uh, but we were. So the restaurant he picked, um, uh, was a brewery. It was a desperate times brewery, uh, right down the, uh, about three blocks from the hotel and uh it turned out that i had been reading the 914 forum and they were having a little get together oh. i felt bad for them because they were playing some drives on friday but it was just lousy weather on friday rained the whole day so 
when we got there, there was only one lone 914 in the parking lot. God bless the guy um, that he drove his 914. You could hear you could hear cars rusting in the parking <laughs> the lot. If he didn't have a hellhole, maybe he does now, right? Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, I, I commend people that drive cars. Maybe he was young. When I was young, I would have done something similar. Um, so we uh, usually Bob sets everything up, uh, tables, everything the night before. But since it was raining, he did not. And uh, you came prepared. You had a tent. Yeah, I brought my, that's actually the Hershey Parade Tent. Uh, so back in Hershey 05, uh, it wasn't a nationally run uh, um, parade. It was all, uh, basically the regions ran it, national had oversight. And um, so we had to sell all our stuff at the end of the parade to try to make up money so we at least break even on the event. And we had all these easy ups we brought we bought for <laughs> autocross and different events, so we had to get rid of them. So we were selling everything half off on the last day uh, I remember people were buying stuff that wasn't even branded. It was like cases of water they were buying. Uh, and so I picked up uh, one of these um, Easy Ups, and I've had it since. It's, uh, this is an 18-year-old? 18-year-old tent. <laughs> it's been taped up in a couple of places, but it's uh, it worked. So anyways, uh, we uh, we um, set, uh, we brought it all up on, on in the Suburban. And, uh, so we check into the hotel, have dinner, get back to the hotel around 9 o'clock. And we said we're going to make an early night, my wife and I. And uh, I got, I'm going to wake up early and hope that it's not raining. And right around, uh, so I'll make this as Disney-fied as possible, <laughs> so you don't you don't censor or edit my story. Something going on in the other room or something? Oh yeah, oh no, I, I guessed it. So uh, I I tend to sleep very deeply. Oh, uh, both of you guys I, do. I, I use a CPAP machine, and uh, that's that just knocks me out. So. Uh, I was in a deep sleep, and all of a sudden, I heard her, uh, you know, shake me awake and say, um, "Someone's knocking on the door, but I'm not going to open it." Forcibly knocking on the yes. door, and and so when we <laughs> walked in, I noticed that we had like uh, one of those rooms that are adjoining rooms, you know. So uh, and I took a look at the door; it was locked on my side and everything. And uh, so in my head, because I'm from a deep sleep to being woken up. I thought she meant the person next door was knocking on the adjoining room door. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, I get up and and I'm like, yeah. I said, don't, don't, don't open it up. And then I, I hear the door again, bang, 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 and it's the front door of the hotel room. And I'm like, oh my god, they must have left the room next door to us and gone around to the front door. I'm like, they must think somebody they know is in this in our, our room. So finally, I go, I go, what do you want? And they go, uh, it's Carlisle Police. Open the door. Wah, wah, wah. So in my head, once again, I think that this is the people next door. Because if you're not expecting the police to be knocking on your door, you don't think it's the police. Right. Especially, this is a Hilton property. It's not a motel. It's all indoors. It's, we're on the second or third floor. And so uh, I um, I go, hold on a second. So I start looking for the people, but I can't see anything for the people. It gets better. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, if you're the police, I said, why do you have your finger on the people? He goes, I, I don't. I said, well, I can't see anything through it. He goes, what about now? And I'm like, I still can't see anything through it. And he's like, can you see? And I'm like, yeah. I laughed. I go, yes, yes, I can see. So I, I finally said, uh, I said, uh, I, I told my wife, I whispered to her, I said, listen, I said, if it's somebody trying to break into the room, as soon as they open this door, they're probably going to push hard on it. So. I may need your help. We're going to push right back. What? Yeah. Oh, God. Are you Once kidding again, me? I'm not expecting to. I don't understand why the police would be in my room. And uh, so I open it up a little, and I see the uniform. So I, I you know, shut the door and take the, the little lock thing off, and I uh, open the door up. And 
Oh, so you had the chain where you could open well, it up. Well, wasn't the chain bit? now. They used like a oh that bar, bar, that little bar. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how much more effective that right. is. Right, they could probably just kick that, kick probably. that anyway. And yeah. so, uh, as soon as he saw me, he must have realized he made a mistake <laughs> because whoever he says to me, he says, uh, "Oh, sorry." He goes, "I'm sorry to disturb you, but we got a call of someone who uh, is, th- is threatening self harm, and, um, and and we just got the uh, room numbers." Um, and we're not sure what the room numbers are. We're trying to find any combination of the numbers that they gave. And I'm just sitting there listening because in my head, I'm thinking the only reason why there could be police at my door is that my Suburban got broken into. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm waiting for him to get to the part where it says, oh, by the way, your car got broken into. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, uh, is everyone okay? And at that point, my wife's standing behind me. And I like turned around, looked at her. I'm like, uh I didn't call him, did you? <laughs> and she's like, no. Did you call the hotline? She goes, we were asleep. Oh, and my he's God. Like, oh, he goes, well, I, I apologize, he goes, for uh, disturbing you. He goes, uh, thank thank you. And uh, they left, of course. Now our hearts, our heartbeat's racing. And, <laughs> yeah. Have a nice and, sleep. So what, what time was this? Like, this was 1130. Okay, so you could have still maybe gotten back to sleep. Uh, well, so I, I did go back. So my wife didn't. She said she was up for like three hours. Oh, she couldn't poor thing. So uh, she slept in. I told her, I said, when you're ready to come to the swap meet, just let me know. And Because the entrance to the swap meet was literally two minutes from the hotel. Mm-hmm. It was a great hotel. I didn't realize it was that close to the swap meet. And so um, I went to go get her. Uh, and and. Uh, as we're driving back to the swap meet, she says, uh, yeah, I went down to the front desk to find out what happened. And it turns out they picked, they came to the wrong hotel. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. They Someone weren't, calls it in. And they, they weren't knocking on other rooms. They went to this room number. Ah. And uh, then they realized they were at the wrong hotel. Whoops. And she, told, she goes, I told the manager, she said, I, I usually don't complain, but I don't live a life where police are knocking on my door at that late at night trying to get in. Yeah. And uh, so the, the guy apologized and said something like, "Yeah, we we don't really have a policy for this," yeah. well, <laughs> which yeah. was surprising, you know. And um, so he she, he knocked off fifty percent off, which was pretty good, uh, yeah, for yeah. the uh, hotel. And uh, well, it turns out that the reason I couldn't see through the peephole, and I because I'm lying in bed when we uh, afterwards, and I'm saying to my wife, I'm going. What the hell was wrong with the people? That flipped I around see so people through. could see in or something. No. So you know, I, I, I guess it's because of what happened to Aaron Andrews. Where remember they were they were spying on her for the peephole. Yeah. And so now the all the hotel all the finer hotels have a little like a flap flap. Yeah. That covers. So the whole room was dark while this was going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I didn't realize the flap was covering. So I'm looking trying to and I can't see anything. And I'm like, well, I. I so I, can you see, sir? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I move over to flap, and I'm I mean, like, uh, it's funny now, but I totally can yeah. understand. Like in a situation with all that stress, it's dark. You're not expecting, and you're I, panicking. I, you're panicking. I didn't think it was. So the, literally, I really did not think it was the police because, like I said, why? Yeah. If you didn't do anything wrong, it, why? Yeah. Why would the police be? I would think somebody was trying to break into. I gotta give it to you, or, though. Or yeah. somebody thought. Uh, they had the room confused and they were looking either for their girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever. Yeah. They were at the wrong room. And that's what, and with, uh, with the situation in our country right now, I really didn't want to open the room up and uh, but find you did. out. Oh, that's what I don't like. You didn't, you couldn't get a visual confirmation. You were taking it. And they sounded like cops. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could sound like a cop if I practiced no, for five minutes. No, no, you got that deep voice. I think in that situation, deep authoritative voice. I think in that. <laughs> Oh, thanks. I probably would call the front desk first. You would have made tea for them and... Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I would have invited them in. Hey! 
I thought this was going somewhere else. I, I thought that they, the room next to you might have been uh, having a little bit too much fun at 11.30, but that's yeah. obviously not what happened. No, so. yeah, so if, if it wouldn't have been adjoining rooms, I wouldn't. Yeah. My confusion was that I thought that the room next door was not going to door. Because yeah. mm-hmm. once again, there were, we didn't know anyone in the hotel. I didn't realize that Bob was staying at that hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, that's the way we started the morning. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so it was spitting off and on uh, at the swap meet. And then around 9.30, I guess, it stopped yep. spitting. And uh, the rain stopped. And uh, surprisingly, um, there was a lot of buyers. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe um, 10% of the vendors, it looked like, didn't show up. Um, and I'm sure the region took a hit on uh, the amount of people that would have come normally on a sunny day. Because like, mm-hmm. my region canceled their drive up uh, because it was just too iffy the weather. Uh, but the people that were there wanted to spend money, and um, we ended up selling a little over $1,000, which Whoa, nice. was nice. surprising because uh, I honestly didn't think I was going to sell $10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote off the fact that the hotel room, and I wrote off the $75 for the uh, the swap meet space as just uh, one of those things when, you know, I mean, the region can't control rain. Yeah. It's just one mm-hmm. of those well, things. Well, I was excited that I was going to be in town for it, and so many of the folks that I know, as Manny said, you know, decided Thursday and Friday that they weren't going to go. And a part of me was almost like, okay, I, I probably won't go. But then I was like, I'm here. And then I felt bad for the region. Like we hold so many events ourselves and we can't control weather. And I was like, maybe I'll just go to, you know, just show support. The fact that even though it's raining, I'm going to show up and just say hi to people. And uh, my, I got in the car at 5 a.m., Got there at seven, as Manny said, you know, by like seven thirty, eight o'clock, it was still just kind of sprinkling, like just lightly. But by nine o'clock, it was just cloudy. Mm-hmm. It was probably also driven by a little bit where I figured if there's vendors there and less people there, then maybe there's a better opportunity for me yeah. to get better deals. <laughs> did that work out for you? Um, it did. I you'll because be- I didn't lower any of my prices. Well, but there's just less competition, right? There's less yeah. competition and people, if they want to just get rid of stuff. So I, you, I, you'll be proud of me. There was a number of things that I wanted to buy, but I walked away because of the amount of money it was. But I did, uh, one was, you guys know the little, um, the uh, ski mobile that Porsche made called the Ski Bob mm-hmm. that actually fits into the trunk of a 911. Someone had one of those there. And I think if they're in like fantastic shape, they're easily like what, Manny? 10 grand? 10, 15 grand? I don't know about that much, but they're not. They're not cheap. For what, what you would look at it and think that's oh, right, a couple hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, no. And then you find out the price and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. So I walked up and I saw one. And this, this was my, this was my game plan. I was like, I knew it's too, gonna be too expensive. So I just walked up to the guy. Can you tell me the crazy price you want for this? So it makes it easy for me just to walk away. He goes, oh, I was just like you a couple of years ago when I bought it. I wanted to, you know, put it on my garage wall, and I never got around to it. He's like, you know, this thing goes for like, you know, five to ten grand. I'm like, yeah, I know. So, you know, if you're looking for five grand, I'm not a player. I'm good. And then he goes, well, I'll take a grand for it. I'm like, oh god, oh, man. Oh, I was like, oh, I walked away. I walked yeah, away. Really? I walked away. I'm telling you, I, this is a new vu. Yeah. And then. And then there's a picture on YouTube. Uh, I came across this guy that had a 118 scale podium for, for that was probably at a dealership that had the uh, Porsche driving experience. I um, saw that. Um, the nine, yellow, yeah, the that yellow car. Somebody yeah. bought that because I went back. I was, Bob and I were walking by and it was gone. Really? It wasn't me, but I. Um, the problem with that is uh, so this is for our listeners. 
it's a uh, it's something that would be like a uh, cocktail table, I guess. Right, height. right. And um, it, it has a uh, the uh, Monington scale model of the car they they use at the Experience Center. Um, it's uh, covered with plexiglass. It's cool. It, it's cool until I think you get it home, and then you're like, well, where do you where am it? I going to put this? I was right. just going to say, like, <laughs> that's the sort of stuff that. I'm good at not buying. <laughs> oh no, I uh, know. I like, saw it and I thought, yeah, that's cool. But then I thought, where, where am I going to put that? So, yeah. so here's here what was my sort of strategy into not buying it because that's what I'm trying to do is not buy things. So you thought maybe I could put it in the office? <laughs> that was I know that crossed your mind. Oh, that definitely crossed he's, my he's mind. He's like an alcoholic who keeps a six pack in the fridge just to show that beer who's boss. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I figured you know that acrylic dome was probably fifty bucks, and then the wood I could make something like that. You know, paint. It stickers. I'm like material wise, that's probably 150 bucks worth of material, right? So I say that's probably easy a 500 to a thousand dollar piece. But if I can buy it for the amount of that's the materials, and I don't have the he's labor, gonna make it now, Manny. He's gonna <laughs> make it himself. <laughs> labor into labor into making it. Do you use the same logic when you get your hair cut? <laughs> So I so and the guy wouldn't tell me the price. He was like, "Just make me an offer," and I knew my offer was gonna be stupid. So I first explained to him, I "Was like, promise me you won't be offended by my offer, but it's an offer that I'm willing to do, and you won't have to put it back in your car, and I'll go home with it." So, anyways, I offered him 150 bucks, mm-hmm. and he didn't say no. He said, "You just need to come up a little bit," and I stood firm and I said, "I appreciate that, but my limit's 150," and I walked away. It's a new view. I'm telling you. If he you. would have said yes, where would you have stuck that? I know that's something for me to worry about later. Right. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if the person who bought that listens or watches the podcast, and I wonder if they would say how much they got it, it was for. Go- it was gone when I, I, Bob and I went for like a third a walkthrough, and uh, yeah, I noticed that it was no longer behind the stage. It, it, it's yeah. a cool piece. If you have room, mm-hmm. it's a cool piece, and especially if you want to display a special car. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, anyway, so so that, those are the two big things I didn't buy. What I did buy, though, I think I shared with Manny was, so a few years ago, um, I have a 997 GT3 shifter in the 996. Which Very is, first Tech Tactics Live? Uh, no. no wait, that, well, was for, that was for, that was for, um, Tom's, for car. Tom's car. Yeah, never mind. So I love that shifter. And so I thought I would put the same one in Loanne's car. But what I ended up buying was a 997 short shift kit. Which, you know, I think the 997 GT3 shifter reduces the shift like 15%. The short shift kit reduces it by 30%. And I'm not usually a fan of a short, short shifter. Um, but I was like, oh, maybe it would be okay. And so I put it in her car and it's just really, it just doesn't match the characteristics of the car. The, the shifts are just way too short. So anyways, I walked by this one tent and um, it had 997 shifter for sale. And not a short shifter. Not a short shifter. Yeah, I think the 997 and the 997 GT3 shifter is the same, except for the bushings in. Oh, sorry, the bushings in the 997 GT3. That's like what I have in the 996 are steel versus plastic. So I was like, I don't really care about that for the boxer. I just want the shifter to be right. So, anyways, 150 bucks. Nice, yeah, not bad. 150 bucks, and the short shift kit. I think new is probably 400, 450. Mm-hmm. So if I do sell it, I'm actually positive for the day. Yeah. yeah, and for anyone wondering, um, it also sounds like, uh, from your research, Vu, that the shifter, the 997 shifter is the same as the 987 shifter, 
which is why it felt so similar yeah. to the one on my Cayman, the yep. one in your boxer. I think they're all boxer. interchangeable. Yeah. What's the yeah. name of the uh, uh, Cayman transmission? Cayman transmission. Oh, the O2A, I believe, for the... Because I was thinking about this, uh, you know, people talk about the 901, the 915, the yeah. G50, but oh, then it we stops. Were, yeah, we refer yeah. to so, it. So the, the five-speeds... At least in the Cayman, the 987 Cayman, I believe it's the O2A. And like the six-speed. I mean, I believe you, but mm -hmm. I've never heard it. My point is, mm -hmm. after the G50, no one refers to it. never became a problem. In the VW, group, in yeah. VW world, people still refer it. So that's why O2A. And it's but not, I mean, there's no, uh, yeah. it wasn't like, a, you know, people say 915. And yeah. Yeah, some no. people just frown or uh, yeah, make yeah. a face. But then after the G50, it stopped. People stop paying attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'd have to do some research to see the generation differences mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the basically Porsche got their transmissions good, mm -hmm. and it wasn't no longer wasn't an issue when you were buying cars to stay away from this versus that. I always tell people, don't immediately go get an aftermarket uh, short shifter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, prefer. I've uh, felt, and and this is um totally a preference thing, but I've felt a nine eight seven Cayman S numeric short shifter but also with numeric cables and it was just too stiff mm -hmm. and too short yeah i prefer the stock 987 shifter because it's it's kind of light feeling it's it's direct it's not super direct like a gt3 or anything yeah. but that really doesn't quite fit the character of the exactly car. exactly so i mean i'll probably you know if you ask me i probably won't go to a different shifter maybe i'll replace the bushings or go to a yeah. gt3 version you know um 996 gt3 or if the cables break, which is, I guess they break pretty often on our cars on the nine eight seven nine eight six. I'll probably replace the cables with numeric. You know, one, of, one of the things we'll that see. people don't talk about with short shifters that you probably should know if you're considering one is, especially if you're going on track or you're autocrossing and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're in a high mm -hmm. stress situation and you're kind of throwing gears quickly. Just keep in mind if if the if the differentiation between first, third, and fifth or second fourth and six are so close together that just increases your probability that you might mm -hmm. throw it into the wrong gear like yeah. i like the fact that i have to you know lean into the shifter mm -hmm. a little bit more because i know it's going to go definitely into second mm -hmm. or it's definitely going to go into third yeah you know if you're doing a quarter mile car then i guess yeah you want super quick lightning shifts but i don't think many of us are doing that so having a little bit of travel mm -hmm. to me is a good thing yeah same I think so Manny I think. feels the same. I don't think Manny has short shift kits in either. None of my cars. Yeah. Even my race car never had a short shift. I'll yeah. say this. Controversial <laughs> opinion, maybe, but I think a lot of people buy short shifters because it's a relatively affordable, but not super sure. affordable. Yeah, absolutely. And they get it in their car. Yeah. And if you spent three, 400 bucks on a short shifter, you're probably not going to, you know, say I don't like. Or maybe some people will. But I think people stick with it thinking that it's better and... Maybe they're just putting up with it. It's something noticeably different. Yeah. Whether it's noticeably or not, different. And, and whether or not it's good or bad, yeah. it's like, you know. It's a preference thing, I guess. Porsche is the same thing with like exhaust, right? Mm -hmm. Porsche has built, and I hate to sound like a just an echo box of Porsche, but, you know, so many times they do you know, the, the research and they, they get sort of the the 99% out of whatever they're, they're, they're building. And, you know, not, not all exhaust that that if they're not engineered, right, if they're not well made, you know, people will buy a eBay exhaust system because it's cheap and they'll hear a difference and they'll love it, but they truly don't know 
does it make more power? Or in most cases, it might actually make less power. In a Porsche, unless you're doing your own tuning and whatever, if you're buying an exhaust, you probably should just know that it's more of a, a sound upgrade rather than a, a sound upgrade, upgrade. Unless it's a reputable company that mm -hmm. really does yeah. the R&D to bring a car in mm -hmm. and put it on a dyno and, and measure it all yeah. out. And, you know, the old adage of you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. Like in, yeah. in, 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 in aftermarket stuff for Porsche world, I think it really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, companies that put R&D into making things actually work because it's hard to mm -hmm. make things work oh, yeah. better in, for, in a Porsche. Yep. All right. So, did you see the nine seventeen ten wheel the guy had for sale? No, there was. Yeah, I should have given Robert a photo. Oh, um, yeah, it was a. Uh, How much was that? It was well, I was gonna say only it was nine hundred dollars. It was all magnesium. Oh. And, and I, I lifted it up, and it felt like I was lifting up a piece of cardboard. That's really? How it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, that's how I knew it was legit when I lifted it up. I'm like, oh, this is real magnesium. And I said to the guy, I'm like, this looks like a 917 wheel. And he pointed to a piece of paper. He goes, the whole history is right there. Oh. So it was, uh, it turned out to be a Can-Am car. Oh. Porsche, uh, 917-10 wheel. But very, um. I'm proud of you. Cool. You said you made $1,000 and that wheel was 900 So you still could have been $100 ahead and have a 917 magnesium wheel to put somewhere. Where am somewhere. I going to put it? That's the thing. Where, where I, I have I know four, reality, reality, table. reality kicks in. I where have the four heck am I going to put one it? wheels that I don't know, uh, that I, I keep on meaning to take to the uh, wheel guy to get painted uh, sitting in the garage. So I, I don't I know. have any more room. We're for, all getting uh, We're all getting to that point in our life where it's like we're running out of room. Well, I was yeah. telling Bob when we were having dinner up there about how many. I said I must have thrown away about fifteen hundred pounds of magazines, mm. Mm. like all my panoramas. Yeah, I just chucked. Yeah, and he's like, "What? I can't believe it!" I said, "Well, I kept, you know, the, really the from the fifties right. I kept, right? And I think some the sixties, fifties, and sixties, maybe some anything pre seventy. I think is uh, worth I kept. Keeping. I kept it up until the point they started putting the binder on the side. Okay, that's yeah. when I uh, I threw away. I said, he goes. He goes, but how can you throw them away? I'm like, because, I mean, I love Panorama, but they're not worth anything. Yeah. It's just magazines as a whole aren't worth anything. Yeah. I mean, I had all these racer magazines, and I threw them all away. I looked on eBay just to make sure I'm not throwing away something valuable. Nope. They're, you look on their completed listings, and they can't even sell for a dollar. Mm. And so I, I, my recycling guys probably hated me because I was, was throwing away these magazines. Um but that's just the reality, unfortunately, of magazines is that uh, people don't have the room for them. I'm not saying mm -hmm. magazines are dying, but as far as collecting, because mm -hmm. um, I, I said to Bob, I'm like, where do you keep yours? You said in boxes. I'm like, exactly. I'm yeah. like, so I said, we're about to launch having our panorama online. So if you really want to read an, an uh, old article or something, you can find it online. And so. you can do a tech search on it and find the issue you need to be going through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's... um. So, so this conversation comes up a lot and it did at, at the swap meet is, you know, we love to collect stuff or, you know, I'm a hoarder and Manny doesn't admit, but he's also a hoarder. Um, he, but he, he's willing to let things go, but Manny and I have an agreement. Should something happen to me, then he needs to go through all my stuff and let my family know what things are worth and, and, you know, they don't get fleeced by some vulture that's that's hovering above the house. And then same thing with him. If something happens to him, I just I just collect and keep all of his stuff. <laughs> I I, yep. I, exactly. I tagged every single thing I took up because after my wife almost gave away my Orioles, <laughs> one of two prints of which yeah. the yellow one is owned by the owner of the Orioles. Yeah. 
Um, I, uh, I, I said, there's no way I, you know, that's what she'll do to my stuff. Did you buy I a die. price gun? Could click. In the same no, time. I just went through with, uh, you know, thankfully with eBay and completed listings. You can really see the price of uh, yeah. has value or not. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I went through and I just basically priced everything below what eBay's, uh, mm-hmm. completed listings were showing. And, uh, but I had so many hot wheels that I had triples and quadruples of, um, and it, surprisingly, there was a lot of kids, uh, fathers buying for their kids. Oh, yeah. uh, I used to, I had the whole Hot Wheels had a set of uh, five Porsches in a blue box. And it said Porsche on top. And there must have been about 15 variations of this between the cars, the print. And I've had, a, I got about 30 of these. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. so I just started putting, putting them out. And for $20 a pop, and this guy bought like four of them. He was like, nice. Uh, he was, I, I said to him, I said, you know how many variations there are? And uh, with the different cars and different wheels, and it's just uh, it goes on and on. And he's like, "Oh yeah," he goes, "I used to have all this stuff and I sold it, but now I have kids and and they're showing interest in the Porsches and Hot Wheels." He goes, "So I'm taking advantage. I'm buying this for them." I'm like, oh, "That's pretty cool." So my kids mm-hmm. never showed that much interest in, uh, in the Hot Wheel stuff. But yeah, overall, I think the swap meet was uh, it was a lot of fun. I was surprised how many listeners we had. Absolutely, I was just gonna about to say that. I, I was sitting down and my wife says, yeah, I kept on seeing people pointing going, that's the guy from the podcast. And she goes, I kept on rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I had one where I was walking and I was talking to um, one, of, one of my buddies and the guy that was actually selling stuff, he like turned around. He's like, and and I'm not like within like a direct view of him. He's like, are you Vu? I'm like, yeah. He's like. I heard your voice and I knew it was you. <laughs> like I'm like I hope I don't lull you to sleep. He's like, no, I'm a huge I fan. I don't know if that story is true or not because your radio voice is different from your real voice. <laughs> no, it is a little bit different, but he recognized it. And then there was a a gentleman at the dealership. You know, I was looking at the stuff that they, they had on their table. He's like, oh, you're from the podcast. We we love we listen so. Um, yeah, appreciate seeing everyone. And that was probably the best part of all of it is just running into people and just chatting it up and, you know, talking PCA and podcasts and YouTube and Pano. The only um, low point was uh, <laughs> I went to get a coffee. Mm-hmm. And so there's this little trailer with selling coffee, ice, co- ice coffee and hot coffee. So it was uh, in the morning. So I asked for a hot coffee and it was, uh, I think, five bucks, four bucks, whatever. Asked for French vanilla. So I get it, and I open it up, and I see it's black. And I'm like, there's no way this is has any uh, French vanilla in it. And so I went to pour it in my um, thermos. My thermos. And, oh, my God, I, it, there was uh, a grinds in it. Oh. And, and uh, like, a syrupy stuff. So this must have been at the bo- literally the bottom of the barrel. Oh, Ooh. yikes. And I almost walked back, and I was like, uh, I don't feel like walking back and I said to Roxanne, I said, I said, this coffee is like just absolutely. Are you chewing it? <laughs> I didn't. I just wrote. I, she goes, he goes, that's funny. Cause right before you came back, there was another guy who took a sip and then spit it out. And oh, really? he threw it out and almost hit Bob with the coffee when he threw it out. <laughs> wow. And I was like, uh, yeah, I said, evidently, uh, they're, they're, they're still learning how to make coffee. So, so, so I got that wrong. So I left just right before noon and you know, I, I enjoy eating fair food. But I knew I was going to be in the car for two hours. And I got to tell you, all those different sausages they had on the grill looked really appetizing. But 
I don't know, maybe because I'm getting older, I wasn't willing to gamble, so I didn't I didn't buy one. <laughs> gamble on what? <laughs> on these sausages that were on this grill that who know when the last last time it was time. clean. Make sure everybody's drive home is uh, good, right? And and, and the uh, and it wasn't like straight up just like regular pole yeah. kielbasa whatever. It was like boar and deer and like normally if I was like home and I could be home in five minutes, I probably would definitely try it. But I was like, a two-hour ride, that's probably not the smartest thing to do. So we had, we <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Questionable meat. <laughs> we ran across a member who uh, had a car cover. And mm. uh, so Bob says, hey, how much did you pay for your car cover? And he says, $20. It's a Porsche, like, silver-knit car cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bob goes, oh, that's a pretty good price. He goes, what car did you afford? And the guy goes, I don't know. He goes, the guy said it's a... Uh, grab bag he's not sure what model it fits oh. but for 20 bucks he goes it'll cover something it'll cover something and i said yeah i said it, most porsche covers will fit other porsche covers except if you have like a big whale tail or something so we start go- looking around and bob sees two car covers and he goes i bet you this is the guy who bought it from so he asked the guy how much you want for this and he says 40 dollars." and bob's like 40 dollars," <laughs> and the guy's like yeah that's a fair price and so he and Bob says, "Well, does it have the Porsche um, crest, crest yeah. uh, on it?" And the guy goes, "Yeah." So we open it up and we can't find it. And I'm thinking, "Oh no!" I'm like, "This is not a Porsche cover. This looks like a Walmart, yeah, 1999 cover that's well, in, good a thing Porsche, you opened in a it. Porsche bag." Yeah. So we put that back and we get the other one out, and that does have it. I, yeah. As soon as we pulled it out, I could tell that silver knit, like the kind I have at home, uh, except. This looked like it was dragged behind a tractor trailer for 20 miles <laughs> and then put it in the bag. Whoops. And Bob was like, this is perfect. And tries to negotiate and the guy wouldn't budge from $40. And Bob was like, that's fine. That's fine. I'm like, oh my God, dude, just walk away. And then see get the changes. It? So he gets it for $40. Oh no. And it's Very been dragged proud. behind a tractor it, trailer. It is, it is as filthy as you can imagine. Oh my gosh. So he, he takes it back proud. He's like, like a cat that caught a mouse. He's yeah. walking back to Ellen. His wife and she sees it. And she's like, "What's this?" And he's like, "I got it for the car." And she <laughs> says, "But it says nine nine three. He goes, "Yeah, but it'll fit any of the nine elevens." And uh, you know, first he says nine nine six, and I go, "It's not nine nine six. It's nine nine three. He goes, "No, it says nine nine six. I said it says nineteen ninety six. Whoops! <laughs> I'm like, thank God you're not a pilot. So, so uh, she starts taking it out. She says, "Bob." Did you see how dirty this is? <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, it's no problem. We'll just stick it in the washing machine. Oh, and, I told him you can you can wash these. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you don't tell her you're gonna stick it. You, you wait till <laughs> she goes somewhere, and then you put it in the washing machine it. and clean it, and, and then you uh, dispose of any evidence that you stuck the car cover in the washing machine. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Bob and Ellen actually, they were probably the highlight, one of the highlights of my day, because when I walked up. And saw them, they quoted Tech Tactics Live. I can't believe oh, you yeah. said the tail of our car is like a pug. <laughs> they, they own Pugly. the, uh, they Pugly. Own the, Pugly. the <laughs> ugliest tail the Porsche ever made. I didn't say it was ugly. No, I just I said did. I said it was like a pug. It's... And Nathan also too. When Nathan <laughs> was saying that, I was laughing, and I couldn't find a photo fast enough on my phone. So, so for those that didn't watch Tech Tactics Live, explain what this tail is. So it's it's a tail that looks like it would have been an aftermarket. It's all rubber. Mm-hmm. It's at the Carrera tail, but imagine instead of being uh, fiberglass and then with the rubber edge, the whole thing's rubber, and then and then where there would be the grill, it's a piece of plastic. Yep, it is just. 
It is horrendous looking. It literally looks like a piece for, out of J.C. Whitney. It does. <laughs> but it was an option. It was an and option. It was, I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, I started writing a tech tips article, but I still need more information. It's very obscure. You don't see many yeah. of them. I'm it is rare. It is rare. People took them off and threw them away. And put a, <laughs> or, they, or the rubber just broke down yeah. you know, and just and became yeah. chunks of And his of is in very good shape. Uh, but wow, is it ugly? <laughs> no <laughs> but <comment>. it's rare because <laughs> he has a beautiful Byzantine gold car, which I think was like pink to sample. It was a really rare color. For it was a SC. Mercedes color. Was that, yeah, is that yeah. what it was? A Mercedes color with a all rubber whale tail. I wonder if Robert can find the little rainbow. Maybe it's uh, under Byzantine gold. I wonder if Bob uploaded because he's very proud of this tail. He is. So he, is he, very he proud. brought it up. I didn't even know that Bob watched Tech Tactics when he's like, "I can't believe Nathan was making fun of my tail." And, you know, that's a beautiful tail. I'm like, dude, it is ugly as all get out. But it's, it's special. We can say it's special. That doesn't mean it's not ugly. It's unique. It's distinct for sure. But yeah, he. Um, but yeah, that's part of the fun of the swap meet is. Uh, is Bob and Alex, but Bob does not mark any prices on his, his stuff. And uh, he was haggling over this VW uh, of America aftermarket AC system. So back in the day, if the uh, car didn't come from the factory of AC, you could buy the AC from the dealer, and the dealer mm. would install it. And it was really ugly looking. So and what he, car would it go in? Uh, it, it went in the VW or a Porsche. Like any Porsche? I, I guess so. Oh. It, was, it wasn't like a 914 kit or something, or a... no, no, because it goes underneath the dash. Oh, okay, and like uh, a universal AC. Yeah, and, and so it was really a. <laughs> and so the guys, uh, he's haggling with Bob and Bob's selling him a price, and the guys are going back and forth, and he decides not to buy it. And Bob says, "Yeah, you know, uh, the farmer next door or something. He had it in his garage, and he told me he says you interested in this because I'm going to throw it away, and he gives it to me. I'm like." You so you got this for free? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, why do you take 150 for it? Oh my gosh! And he goes, because I think it's worth more. I'm like, this uh, is how you keep stuff for 20 years because you. Uh, I said you were looking at 150 dollars cash, and most of all, it's, it's ugly and it's huge. And he has no use for it. Absolutely no, no use for it. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's but, funny. Well, that's that's you know you you go to a swap meet, you hope to strike gold, and you hope people. Re- realize that you have gold and you have a good deal but really it was just a fun time to see everyone so you know i'm glad the weather held out for the most part and uh totally worth the two-hour drive up and down for me all right so filming of videos you've been filming quite a bit lately um well not too much but we have the we just yesterday were yesterday i'm thinking of yesterday i guess yeah we filmed a lot yesterday um that was a 997 gt2 and a 1997 993 turbo turbo which yeah. um you drove 16,000 miles each of them roughly mm-hmm. 16,000 miles all quite original except for the 993 turbo has um a car graphic exhaust which interestingly enough uh outside sounds like wild but I, as i was driving it i really couldn't tell i don't know when i did like the drive-by i don't know if it sounded good or it sounded crazy yeah i watched those um the sound is i'm really amazed by the sound you only get the sound of the car so yeah. i'll have to turn it up but it didn't sound super loud actually no, from the outside no um louder than stock yeah but so manny you remember that that center console i was telling you about that this car had mm-hmm. that looks yep. odd so on the build sheet it says extended center console and the inside that box was actually like felt lined and finished really nicely so again i don't i mean i think it's factory so if anyone will when we do the video if you guys watch it 
take a close look at that center call and so and probably it's probably one call to Boris and say Boris is this like a legit thing he probably knows yeah yeah well yeah. uh so when I asked for the Monroney's um I didn't get you know the original window stickers but uh the collection is owned by a local business who uh, sells used cars, I believe, yep, right? Yep. Used cars is their main thing. Yep. And so they have a system, I believe, where, you know, they can gather all the data through the VIN and all the options and then just print out a sheet, you know, for yep. whoever's. So they did that with their cars. And so those should be actual, actual options. Yeah. It, sh- it showed, so, it showed the option number for the extended, yeah. um, leather console. And it was like a, almost, I want to say it was like a $3,000 option. It's yeah, really yeah. well done. Yeah, it was I mean, like a hundred and one thousand dollar turbo in nineteen ninety seven money, and I think it was yeah. one seventeen or one nineteen after after options. So yeah. optioned up pretty well. So without giving away the whole video, the nine nine three turbo was it was just a nice drive, a very balanced drive. Like I honestly, if it wasn't the value, you could drive it every day and and you know it's it's a it's a nice car. I haven't seen a nine nine three turbo. I, I looked this up before our um drive yesterday and there's not a single one for sale and i, I used a site called auto tempest because it like yeah. kind of like scours scours everything yeah. and then i went to the mart there's not a single 993 turbo for sale under two hundred thousand dollars yeah and, and i and i can understand why <laughs> it is a great car to drive yeah and um i did again i don't want to give up the whole the whole mm-hmm. video but um that that one that's that and then the gt2 uh, I, I will say like, if you didn't do leg day, you know, just drive that car and your left leg yeah. will definitely be big at some point. Don't um, wear the thinnest, sh- don't wear uh, shoes with really thin soles. Yes. If you're going to drive it for a while. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have to put some effort into it yeah. and just, you know, approaching that car, you know, you have to be respectful being a rear wheel drive car, tons of power. Um, talk about short shift. That car has a factory sh- uh, short shift kit that is probably rivals the short shift kit that was in Loanne's car. It was really mm. short. Maybe it's the same one, but it was like clickety click and, and it was heavy, but that fit the personality of that car, right? Like I, I wouldn't change it in that car because it, mm. it's, it's a pretty uh, crazy beast. And um, the only thing that, you know, from these two videos that I wish we had the opportunity uh, where they're located is sort of, um, you know, kind of the suburbs and, and, and business park area. So we didn't have back roads to really enjoy the car, but it was a true, you know, if you were to drive this in, you know, Middletown, USA, what it's like to roll around in one of those cars, you know, you get that sort of perspective. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah. yeah, and the the owners of the cars were so amenable. Not only did we drive those cars, but Bogdan had a field day yeah. with all the other cars. So if you check, haven't checked out Instagram uh, lately, he did one where he did this flip and he lands in a uh, speedster, which is pretty cool. He's yeah, quite no, athletic. Oh yeah, yeah. He did g- gymnastics. Uh, he told me for for quite a long time. So he, did you know? I think we talked about this, but he was almost on American Ninja. Yeah, I think uh, he yeah. he had mentioned. That. I totally believe it. He, yeah. um, we were just talking because the uh, um, the mechanics who were there helping us out at at this collection, um, you know, they were just talking with Bogdan and helping him out all day. So they got to see how athletic he is and what <laughs> he can do. And then, you know, I'm off filming and we're off filming. We come back and we're just talking about how to do a backflip. And <laughs> we're standing there and just he. Bogdan just he, he does a backflip yeah, like it's, right. It's no big deal. To, it's like no walk, deal. it's walking to him. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. So there's there's some really cool uh, uh-huh. Instagram clips that's going to be coming up. Him chasing down a car mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
So you uh, you you also finished up your your pulley video. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I started filming this. I think it was October or November of 2022 when I did the underdrive pulley. Uh, harmonically damped and but when i tightened it up tightened the pulley up I, I did it wrong i used the wrong wrench uh i didn't have the i don't think i was able to get the angle torque where it should have been it was still really tight you mm. know and i had loctite on it or or permatex thread locker um and it worked i did my last couple auto crosses and you know then put it away for the winter knowing i would uh work on this Retightening the seal, but also knowing I would go in or retightening the crank pulley, but also knowing that I'd be in there pulling the old seal out, putting the new one in, mm-hmm. which I did. Took a while. Um, you just skip straight to drilling two holes into the seal to pull it out. Um, don't try anything else. It's not going to work. No. Uh, but once, once that was in, um, I, uh, put the crank pulley on. I bought a nice torque wrench with digital readout and both foot pounds and, Newton meters and, and angle torque settings and uh, had a, a 15 degree swivel head and it was exactly what I needed. And it, I think it was the only way to, to properly show our viewers how to tighten that pulley up. So uh, yeah, uh, that's the torque wrench there. It was an Icon 12 and a half foot pounds to 250 foot pounds, wow. which is pretty crazy from, from Harbor Freight. So um, it was cheaper than Snap-on, but yeah. still three hundred and fifty bucks. So. Like higher line, the higher Harbor line, yeah, yeah, for Harbor. Yeah, it's a little bit higher line, so very nice. And um, yeah, so I did the video. Uh, if you guys want to put a underdrive pulley in, whether it's a uh, harmonically damped or not, or even this applies to if you're putting, you know, removing a seal and putting your stock pulley back on, you can use this as a reference. Um, pretty, you know, niche scenario that. Maybe not everybody will do, but hopefully somebody gets some some good tips out of it. So in in the comments, uh, someone mentioned about you grinding something. That's not yeah, yeah. So for the underdrive pulley, you it's smaller. So the stock pulley is a larger diameter than an underdrive pulley. Just right. that's what an underdrive pulley is. And inside the diameter of a stock pulley, there's an area where a timing boss or a little tower with a hole in it can sit. Oh, uh, okay. And is that's that where, where you, you where you like put the, the, yeah, the nail or whatever? Put the bolt in bolt or, it, yeah. or the tool to hold the crank so when right. you're loosening or tightening it, it the crankshaft up, doesn't, move. doesn't move. Right, yeah. Um if you that get that gets covered up if you put a uh, underdrive pulley on it and oh. you you have to grind it down so oh. the pulley would fit. So what you want to do is grind it down just enough so that the pulley fits over it. But if you ever went back to stock, I'm pretty sure there's enough material left where you could still use that timing box. Oh, you too. can. Okay. Yeah, because it, it'll still sink down like a half an inch to an inch, I believe. Okay. You know, the nail or whatever. So how do how do you keep the underdrive pulley from spinning? Now that you don't have so, access to that boss, this is uh, pretty key actually as well um, for a 997 owner. So you can ha- put this pulley in this job is the same for 996 or 997.1 up to 2008. Um, RSS gives you a tool, Roadsport Supply, which is the company for this underdrive pulley, gives you a tool to hold the pulley to provide like a counter force. Oh, okay. You just don't have enough room in a boxer or a Cayman. So mm. what you do um, is you put the car in fifth gear mm. or sixth gear, you know, if you have a six-speed car, and then you pull the handbrake really hard and you do the torquing that way and that's enough to keep the engine from spinning on the crane. Oh, because the transmission's engaged. Transmission's engaged and you have the, the, the e-brake on. If you watch the video closely enough, when I'm torquing 
the car, it's actually moving forward as I'm torquing it oh, and then wow. back. So it's you're, you're putting in, it's what, 37 foot-pounds, and then after that, you go 120 degrees wow. for the RSS pulley. It's 90 degrees for a, a Porsche OEM pulley mm. after initial 37 foot-pounds. But yeah, so fifth gear or top gear, pull the handbrake, and you should be fine. Okay. We also did Tech Tactics Live, uh, the 911 SC Buyer's Guide with Nathan, which when we have Nathan on, it always proves to be popular. And, uh, you know, people ask, we do the, the long form ones with Nathan as well. And uh, Paul Gentili brought his, his uh, SC into the office. And this is really like a primer. This is not a replacement for the long form one. Mm-hmm. This was just a fun primer. Long form mm-hmm. takes a lo- well, it takes a long time. Long time to do, right. To, exactly. Yeah, so a lot of planning. Uh, that's why there's so few of them because it's, uh, mm-hmm. and he's got to gather the Nathan cars. does have another job. Yeah. Uh, he, this is his volunteer. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is a good filler. Uh, plus it, uh, it, it, uh, allows the, um, members to ask questions, which obviously, uh, the, um, edited video doesn't have that, uh, afford you that, uh, opportunity. Yeah. But what's nice is, you know, I'm, I usually, you know, Manny and Damon also monitor the traffic. Usually you can tell if things are going well, if people are just like the numbers are there, but they're just watching mm-hmm. and they forget to ask questions. And then Manny and Damon will have to say, Hey, if you guys have questions, you know, send yeah. it, send it over to us. And, um, th- that's the cool part about Tech Tactics Live. It's a little bit more engaging than, um, any other format. But yeah, we definitely will. You know, ask Nathan to do a, a long form one. It's just, it, yeah. as I think said, that's the plan. There are a few, but yeah, yeah, it just takes time. Yeah, Manny, I see on your um, on your computer nine fourteen. That reminds us that we were uh, we were engaged with the nine fourteen group at at uh, Carlisle. Yes, I protested your inclusion. <laughs> you did. You, you totally, you totally did. You totally did. Must have run in the and past ten years. The nine fourteen mob. I think they felt bad because Rue was there, so they had no, to no, 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 to no. the nine fourteen mob no, as no, well. No. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, they man, asked me if it was really true. You had one. I'm like, you know, <laughs> supposedly I had hair at one time. <laughs> There's photos, but so. you know what? I don't know that I've seen. When was the last time I saw a photo of you with hair? I think that we need to bring know. that one back. <laughs> no it's, comments. It's, it's, it's around. <laughs> it's around. It's around. All right, let's get into the news. The first one is is heartwarming. I'll let you. I'll <laughs> let you start that one off, Manny. Uh, I don't have my sheet in front of me. What's the first one? Leah Block. Leah Block. Oh yeah, Man. it's uh, it's oh. cool. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, so Ken Block, who passed away uh, earlier uh, this year. Um, uh, you know, he, he was supposed to drive the Huna Pegasus, but it broke down last year before yeah. uh, he could drive it up the uh, Pikes Peak. And uh, and the cars come to several PCA shows. It's just mm-hmm. really a, an incredible machine, considering it's 66912 based on. Uh, so his daughter is going to do a demo run, not for competition, 16 years old, and she's going to drive the Huna Pegasus uh, up Pikes Peak. And I think it's a great tribute to her father, Ken Block. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, it's very sad. Because I'm sure he would have loved to have seen her oh, yeah. uh, drive to Huna Pegasus, uh, but I think it's, it's uh, a great very story. cool that uh, the organizers are uh, are allowing that, and I think the fans will really uh, enjoy seeing the Huna Pegasus uh, yes. do what it was supposed to do, get to the top of the mountain. Yeah. So I was talking with uh, Mobile One and Toyo 
uh, last week, uh, really the, the, the day that the information came out that she was going to be running the car. And I said, if there's any way that we can be, be involved and it's just, again, such an amazing story. And, you know, she's, it's in her DNA and, and you know, I, I've followed the series where she was, um, learning to drive. I think it's an Audi five, 4,000 or 5,000. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely try to get some more Intel on that one. Next one, balance of performance change before Le Mans. So uh, the head of Porsche Motorsport, Thomas uh, Laudenbrock, is hoping that expecting a uh, balance of performance uh, change before Le Mans. Otherwise, quite frankly, our only hope is that Porsche, and not Porsche, that Toyota uh, runs out of gas or has an electrical problem like they did like, many years ago. Yeah. Um, because uh, they've just been dom killing everyone. As far as uh, performance, it's um, not even close. And I'm sure WC wants to do something to even the field. Um, uh, it, it, there's a lot, there's a big disparity between the hypercar and LMDH. Even though the uh, LMDH cars run in hyperclass, um, they're two different cars. And the advantages of the hypercar are very evident with Ferrari, who came up with a brand new car. At least Toyota, you could say, well, they've been developing this car for several years. But Ferrari came out with a brand new car like Porsche and, and is doing very well with it. Um, so they have um, distinct advantages being all-wheel drive. Um, it's uh, something hopefully that uh, there will be one more bounce of performance so Le Mans doesn't become a slaughter uh, against Porsche. It's interesting because um, Toyota is saying, no, 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 there's not going to be a balance because the rules state yeah. nothing before Le Mans. Yep. But then what's the BOP for if – Three races, the cars are way off pace, or yeah. at least it seems like it. Yeah. Um, that's what BOP's for. Yeah, it, it'll, it, it'll, anyway. it'll be interesting. And it, obviously, WC and IMSA you know, think about the fans, and mm -hmm. they want to give a good show. Um, and it's no fun when, well, except when Porsche's leading, but it's no fun <laughs> when, uh, when it's one a... One manufacturer uh, dominates. One or two lap lead, and yeah. there's no hope mm -hmm. of uh, anyone coming close except a mechanical breakdown. And the cars are now are so reliable, especially Toyota. Mm. I mean, you know, uh, kudos to them because they've been developing this car for so long mm -hmm. that they're reaping their uh, their rewards by by winning it, uh, every race. So you don't have it on here, but um, any any discussions on Miami Grand Prix this weekend? And there's the Carrera, uh, the Deluxe Cup, right? That they'll be running. Yep. You're not going. I am not going. I'm doing my cross. Country uh, track, so um, not not really. I mean, because it's the it's, it's the career cup, but there's no IMSA running, and, um, and you don't hear much about it. Have you seen much this year? Stuff? There's a lot less Miami Grand Prix stuff. Yeah. Uh, so YouTube usually is where where I go, and I I don't I can't watch the That's... full race, so I just watch the highlights of everything. Um, but I haven't seen anything yet. I feel like so. there just hasn't been much out it's there. It's crazy right? expensive. Yeah. And, Last year uh, it was everywhere. Yeah, I feel yeah like. and I think that I what I read is a lot of people saying stay home and watch it. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's it's they don't have. I always tell people if you want to watch an F one race, uh, go to Coda. Mm. Uh, second, it would be Montreal, but I, I would highly recommend Coda. That's a purpose built track. Um, I, I, any of the grandstand seats are great. The uh, standing room only or, or sitting mm. is awesome too. Um, it's uh, but uh, Miami. Uh, I mean, I would have no hope of ever going there. It's Thousands, of, thousands dollars. of dollars, yeah, yeah, and, and that's just for a seat in the grandstand, not the uh, mm -hmm. VIP suite. So it's um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll be watching it on TV. So by the time this... Uh, Actually, I won't be watching it on TV <laughs> because I will be uh, at the... Um, so Potomac region, which is the Washington, North Virginia region, is having a Concord. Bob had told me he was going to it. So oh. um, I decided, uh, well, you know what? I might go down to my region's not doing anything with cars, at least um, on Sunday. And my wife had uh, other plans. Uh, she's doing with our daughter. So, but they were sold out. <laughs> I was just, I was just about to say, are you autocrossing on Saturday? No, no, uh, not this time. Not because my our car has uh, all seasons, and ah, it's, yeah. I just end up being miserable in all seasons. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, well, I'll go down and take the nine fourteen. Mm. Maybe a good article, maybe a good uh, topic of having not Concord in such a long time, getting back into, it. but they're sold out. Oh. And so uh, they were like, oh, you know, we can make an exception. I was like, no, no, no I don't want to get in there just because. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I asked if, uh, if if you had a registration open, but they said, "Well, can you help us judge?" Yeah. Now I don't like judging. <laughs> you don't like judging? I don't like judging. You judge so much. I know. And I told him why. I said, "Listen, I I, I like helping out. I don't yeah. mind." I said, "But what I don't want to do is get hit with like uh, eighteen cars." Oh and then I spend yeah. The whole day. Yeah. Judging, and I don't enjoy the event, and it's just miserable. I said that's why I don't judge at Worcester Union because the last one I judged, I got hit with a whole bunch of cards and I spent like three and a half hours judging it felt like. And you don't get to enjoy the event. No, yeah. no. And uh, so I, I said, um, so he said, well, I can give you a class with uh, seven cards. You'll take my spot and this allows me to help the organizer. I said, that's fine, seven cards. He goes, plus it's a new judge and you can help mentor him. And so I'm going down there to um, to hang out, to take some photographs. They're going to have 50, I think 55 judge cards and wow. close to 100 display cards total. It's on a rooftop of a parking garage, huh. which uh, to me sounds about as informal as you can possibly yep. be, except so I'm looking at uh, the email he sent me with a packet, and uh, <laughs> they have judging attire. Oh, <laughs> you love that. Uh, khaki pants if you have them. Yeah, if you warm, do. then khaki shorts are approved. Uh, polo shirt. You have that. Comfortable shoes. Have that. Sneakers are okay since we'll be standing all day. I thought I don't can't remember the last time I was asked to wear uh, khakis. I know uniform. I mean, I have khakis, but yeah. uh, judging uh, a parade to give you uh, these shirts that are uh, not my style, so I never wear a yeah. judging shirt. So I'll have to bring a hat because you're going to be at the top of a building closer to the sun. So yeah, it's only supposed to be like low seventies. So, oh. uh, but I'll report back the next podcast how. Uh, um, well, Bob's entering his car. It's nine eleven in the concourse, so um, it'll be fun to watch him get slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Huh? <laughs> you believe in him? Uh, as I said earlier, that uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, um, a few days away will be the birthday of Doctor Wolfgang Porsche, his eightieth birthday, and uh, you have a little bit of news. About did, him, did we get a lot of submissions? We did. I think yeah. we have. Yeah, we. I don't know exactly, but more than thirty. More than thirty. Yeah, yeah. thirty plus. So. Yeah, that's right. good. The robbery just whispered in my ear. So, yeah, but, he's stepping down from the Volkswagen supervisory board, not the Porsche mm-hmm. uh, supervisory board, um, which isn't entirely anything surprising. Um, for those who don't know, um, the Porsche and Piek families uh, own Volkswagen, so. It's um, been this constant battle between the two families, um, and they're all related because uh, 
Piek as the sister of a fairy Portia. She ma she married a Piek, and that's how that family name came into being. Um, but he's stepping down from the uh, Volkswagen supervisory board. He will still head the Porsche supervisory board. No, I haven't read any change of that. And that's the most important because he helps uh, guide the direction. Yeah. Well, it looks like company. he's doing one more term, right? For VW. For VW. Okay, yeah. 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 First, when I saw that, I thought he was stepping out from the Porsche. I know. When I first read that, I was like, huh? Advisory board, but it's the Volkswagen, which he was also, uh, he, he held a position there. So it's um, not a big, big Not a big surprise. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the last news item you have has to do with profits. Yeah, Porsche obviously making crushing it, <laughs> hand over fist money, uh, but they're still going to be raising prices again uh, uh, because me... they only have an eighteen percent margin. They want to get to the big two zero. Two zero, yep. So, uh, yeah, if you're whining about the price of Porsche now, uh, wait till you see the increase, uh, which will vary. But they're not increasing in China. Hmm. Yeah, I read an article that's, that's, uh, that's not affecting uh, China, but. Uh, yeah, and I think what they're trying to capitalize is um, probably uh, one of the things is the dealer markup. So they, they're looking at a lot of these additional dealer markups, and they realize that people are putting a certain value on their cars, and they're already paying more than lists. So, so why, so they why let the dealer take, take that it all? They, they can take, they can it, take so a chunk of it. Oh, not a dealer as additional dealer markup will probably drop because. Somebody will say, "Well, that car is worth 130, but it's not worth 145." Right, right. And so the dealer will be forced to so roll back um, the ADMs. Which here at the office, we get regularly get phone calls and emails from members who are really upset about the ADMs. That uh, yeah. Do we hear about members upset with ADMs for non GT cars? And does that even happen? With oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every every car. I mean, every Porsche nowadays. I mean, probably ADMs aren't as prevalent with maybe the four doors mm -hmm. but i mean yeah it's i mean it's supply and demand and yeah. honestly again I, we talked to, i talked to someone about this and i hate to put the blame on the buyers but i mean if you're selling something and people are willing to pay more right then you're gonna sell it and i get it you know you can be upset about it but i mean you should be really upset about the people that are willing to pay a hundred grand over the price of the car i mean if they didn't pay a hundred grand over the price of the car then guess what they wouldn't sell it like that right so mm -hmm. i wouldn't place all the blame on the manufacturer definitely but the dealerships um and what they went through you know two years ago with uh you know loss of supply and how much they invested you know it's, it's again supply and demand and people are willing to pay it what you gonna do all right, so before we get into events, I want to just remind everyone, uh, Robert Pro will probably throw up the newsletters. If you haven't signed up for eBreak News, which goes out every Tuesday evening, you can do that. Performance News, if you're looking for information on all the four doors. And of course, Mark Fresh News on uh, what we're looking at for cars that are available uh, on PCA.org. Just go to PCA.org and you can sign up for all of them. They're free to do so. Uh, PCA Events. We are really going to start turning on the marketing machine, so to speak, for the December 9th through 16th, the cruise, Treffin at Sea. Um, Princess Cruise Lines is really, you know, they're going to go all in, even more so than they did last year. We're starting to line up, line up some special guests. Uh, I can tell you now for sure that we'll have uh, Nathan Mers on there. So if you're a Nathan Mers fan, then... 
coming out, you'll be able to uh, hang poolside with him and talk cars and all that kind of stuff. And he loves it. You have and, him cornered on the on Oh, the you boat, have him right? cornered. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> got to stay on the boat. So, And we've got other guests planned as well. Uh, Treffin, September 20th through 24th is going to be the gateway to the West. Registration for Treffin opens June 28th. What What's the uh, gateway to the West? That is... I guess the uh, polite way of the archway of saying St. Louis, St. Louis. Okay, yeah, St. Louis area. Yep. All right. Anything else before we sign off, fellas? Uh, So May seventeenth, that's Tech Tactics Live. Mm -hmm. Confessions of a Car Insurance Salesman. Ooh. Uh, We will have Lee Rock, uh, who uh, is a longtime member, longtime insurance uh, agent, and he's going to tell us. uh, all the things about insurance that we were maybe uh, lax in asking our agent um, about. That'll be collector car insurance, regular car insurance. Because um, I get very frustrating hearing people talk about how great their insurance is. And then when I ask them, have they ever made a claim? They say no. Right. <laughs> and I said, usually that's the best way to tell how good your insurance company is, how to handle a claim. Sure. And I know my son uh, ran into a lot of issues. He had a very big name brand insurance company. And... Uh, they basically tried to rip him off with the repair on on his car, mm. and uh, and you know, they, luckily the body shop that uh, took it uh, fought hard to make sure the car was fixed fixed right. Yeah. But uh, you know, with the experience I had with the uh, with the insurance company was the opposite. They made sure it was all Porsche OEM parts. Uh, they would basically did whatever the uh, shop said was wrong. They wanted it fixed right. Uh, so sometimes the the lowest price doesn't make a great insurance company. Right, and right, exactly. Uh, but so it, it'll hopefully it'll teach people uh, um, or answer questions about what they should look for. Because uh, having a good agent will tell you this, but if you don't have a good agent or you're just doing everything online, you're not speaking to someone, you may be missing out on some important coverages on your car. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And I have some recent real-world experience with you know my daughter's car being T-boned and going through two major, um, two major insurance companies. And I got to tell you, I'm – the the one that you know represented us so to speak uh not terribly happy because I, I i used to be my 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 aunt was the agent right uh with this company and then when she sold her business the quote unquote book went to someone else and that group just was terrible in handling our claim luckily like i ended up having to fight for stuff so this will certainly be interesting um i don't know if you guys saw but this is Talking about insurance, not knowing how good it is until you actually need it or go through. But did you see that little meme where I think it was a Toyota Corolla just kind of bumped into a Rivian? And I use the, I use these types totaled <laughs> bumped into a Rivian, and you can imagine I'm sure a you know an old Toyota Corolla owner probably has basic insurance, right? But this little bump in the Rivian turned out to be a forty two thousand dollar repair. Wow. Yeah, and there's limits. Uh, there's limits, which people means people don't realize that it, it it's not one of these. Well, whatever it takes, fix it. Right. Once they reach that limit, you're on your own. You're on your and own. You either have to sue the person to hit you for their own personal uh, money to pay for it. Yep. Or you end up paying yourself. But your insurance company, if you don't have the right insurance, may not cover it. So yeah, it's gonna be out of your pocket. Ignorance, and that's... ignorance is bliss for a lot of people. They well, think they're covered and they're not. And, and Manny knows I do like this little intro to driving with some of the family kids and neighborhood kids. And I always tell them, I was like, you have to, you're, you are potentially putting your family in financial risk if you hit something that, you know, the insurance 
doesn't cover because it's going to come out of mom and dad's pockets to cover the balance of this Rivian's uh, rear rear area. So, yeah, it's just, you know, insurance is a, a, a tough one and you don't like to talk about it. It's not fun to talk about. You should also, you know, on that cover the fact that um, so I was reading and, and this can't be just Tesla's. It also sounds like it's Rivian or maybe electric cars in general. Um, but things like little scratches on the fenders, very, very small things that a normal car would be fixed for maybe a grand or two mm-hmm. is totaling Teslas and obviously yeah. like Rivians. Yeah. They don't have a good repair network. They don't have right. parts to give to shops. Tesla doesn't even like giving parts, right. you know, or selling parts to anybody to fix. So, right. And then, you know, are, you know, only certain body shops can do high voltage, you know, repairs. Yeah, and stuff so, like that. so really small things are yeah. totaling, you know, I mean, 46, $47,000 for like a little tap. Yeah, yeah, on a, like polyurethane bumper. Yeah, <laughs> on a, it was more yeah, than so that. It should be a good, good show as far, yeah. as, far as uh, not covering your Porsche uh, as well as uh, your regular daily driver. Make sure, make sure that uh, you have the proper coverage and that you're not just happy that you got a really low rate. And stay away from electric vehicles, <laughs> as in don't <laughs> don't hit them, <laughs> don't hit them, <laughs> or any high value car. Of that yeah, any high value, yeah. exactly. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Grab that VIN and head over to PCA.org, and we'll sign you up. If you're looking for a Porsche, we have the test drive program, and we'll set you up and help you find the Porsche of your dreams. Remember to follow us on our podcast Instagram page, behind the scenes photos, videos. Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can send us a message at podcast at PCA.org. But of course, we always love it when you give us a like. I love it when you comment on our YouTube channel or if you can comment in the platform that you're listening to the podcast. Uh, remember to subscribe again to all of our free PCA newsletters. And until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.